the elephant in the pew. Elephant in the Pew podcast, where they engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss. From the Elephant Portable Studio, here are your hosts, Stephen Whitten and Ryan Ramsey. Probably theologically and historically, um, Advent would mean more to a Jewish Christian than a um, than a Gentile Christian. Without the Nativity, without Advent we wouldn't have Easter to look for. Welcome to The Elephant in the Pew Season 2, the show that brings you our opinions that help engage the topics everyone wants to talk about but nobody wants to discuss. I'm Stephen Witten. And I'm Ryan Ramsey. This episode is brought to you by ElephantPew.com, your one-stop shop for all things Elephant in the Pew and the best place to find pictures of me and Stephen for all of those who want to see us. Yeah, Thank you so much for making us a part of your day, night, evening, morning, whenever you decided to listen to us. We thank you so much um, for joining us today. Today we're going to be talking about Advent, especially the beginning of Advent. Like, what is it? Where it, where did it come from? And um, who does and who should observe Advent? That's right. Well, man, we have missed you guys so much. We've been yeah, gone for far too long. Way too long. Although it was a nice sabbatical, I will not lie. It was nice to, you know... Get out, see the world, uh, change my locale. It's good. It's been good. Yeah. So. And when you say see the world, you literally went and you went to Ireland. Went to Ireland. That's right. It's all the beautiful, awesome, amazing people of Ireland, and to Dublin, and then mostly in uh, Northern Ireland, a place called Castle Wellen. And so, hi to my all my Irish friends listening in right now. Um, I would say hello in Irish, but that's pretty much just hello. So, um, <laughs> hello. <laughs> it's just hello. Um, uh, and then yeah. you then you decided that it was time for you to move up to Michigan and uh, enjoy that great white north. That's right. And it's no surprise. We I think we shared that in our last episode that I was making the move. And so we're coming to you split up today. So we're in our new house and uh, we're I'm recording in Michigan and good old Steven's recording back in Indiana. And uh, we're, make, we're making it happen with the uh, magic of uh, studio technology. Yeah. So... Hopefully, you won't even know that we are separate um, because we are doing a special kind of recording where he's recording there and I'm recording here and we're going to try to mesh them up together. Hopefully, you won't be able to tell the difference. So maybe maybe we just took the uh, veil off so that you could see it and you won't even know that we did anything different. Nah, no veil. No veils here. <coughs> no veils. No. All right. So, so go ahead, Ryan. I was going to ask you about you. How are you doing? I mean, it's been all about me the whole whole episode so far. Well, <laughs> what have you been up to? Well, um, I've been up to quite a bit actually. We um, we actually helped Ryan move, do the big move to Michigan, and then uh, the last couple of weeks we've just been um, busy doing uh, different ministries at my church and um, focusing in on where we will be. What well, like. I what I've been doing is been preparing for season two, and also been preparing for um, mm. the book that we're getting ready to start writing. Oh so, yeah, a book. 
Yeah, a book. Um, so we're working on that. Um, we're going to take everything that we did in season one and kind of try to condense it down into a tangible um, book that is not too long, but long enough to uh, kind of get the ideas that we had throughout season one. It'll be a great little book to put on your coffee table for conversation piece and other things like that. So that's what you should buy it for. So basically that's what I've been doing for the last, what, uh, three, well, four weeks, four and a half weeks since we started, stopped recording. All right. um, Season one. So yeah. Awesome. Well, today we're talking about Advent, one of my favorite times of the year. I love Advent because it means Uh, it's Christmas time. Christmas time. That's exactly right. It's uh, definitely one of my favorite times of the year. That um, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays, and Christmas comes in second, believe it or not, to that. Oh, it used to be flip-flop for me, but I think as, as I grew up, I realized that um, Thanksgiving, one, has all the food, two, has um, the time where you're just with your family without the need or the want for gifts <clears throat> like I like giving gifts but sometimes it's always the, the best gift is just spending time with your family so that's one one mm-hmm. of those things where so Advent really like Thanksgiving really ushers in the beginning of Advent so it's one of those things where like I love listening and talking about the um, the Advent season as more than I like Christmas which in future episode of Elephant in the Pew we'll probably be talking about um, Jesus versus Santa and that struggle that we're uh, dealing with in today's culture. But today we're going to just talk about Advent in the in the historical sense of what what is it and where... Wait, wait, wait. Advent's not about Santa Claus? No, it has nothing to do with Santa Claus, actually. Uh, I thought th- the Advent was on the sled. It was a, a, a cooling valve, the Advent for Santa Claus. Unfortunately, no, no. Did you not? Did oh, you man. not get my email today? I'm so confused. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what we're talking. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, uh, so what is the history of Advent? I, you know, I, I just have this horrible feeling you're going to tell me it's some pagan holiday and you're going to ruin it for me, like you always do. Actually, no. The uh, his, history of Advent is that it's a Western Western Christian um, church uh, holiday. It was actually. Um, for this, it's a preparation and expectant waiting time of the nativity of Jesus Christ. So um, it was. We don't really know the the origin, like the exact origin. It wasn't a specific pope or bishop or anything like that that put in place mm. Advent. It was actually some some experts say that it was as early as 480 A.D. Others, hmm. even others, including some of the Roman Catholic Church that say that it was even um, Apostle Paul and Peter that had come up with the idea right after, sh- soon after Jesus' death, that they wanted to observe his birth. And, um, and so they called hmm. into that. Now, nobody can give a, an exact date, but we do know that the, there is certainly, it was certainly in existence from about 480, some say earlier, some say a little bit later, but we know that there was evidence that a sect of Christianity was celebrating and observing Advent as early as hmm. 480 AD. So it is a Christian holiday. 
That's interesting because I wouldn't think I wouldn't think Paul would be focusing on the birth of Christ. I think he'd be focusing on the resurrection. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like all the all the early Christians would have been focusing on the resurrection. In that, um, yeah, but that's just me. I mean, I, I, what do I know? You know. So I, I just think that's kind of an interesting kind of thing. It makes me wonder if uh, it's a manipulation. Yeah, well, <laughs> of history. Yeah. But uh, and that's uh, one of I those things where you you don't fully know. Um, you'll never really know. I guess until until we get to heaven and we're, we're able to you know know all things in that instance. But <clears throat> like I said, like it it there's credible explanation of the origin of Advent as early as 480 AD. So I would I would tend to say that I'm going to go with mm. more of 480 rather than as early as 70 AD. But yeah. there. I, I think it really boils down to, you know, what is it really that important if the apostles, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, um, observed it? I don't know. I mean, it's not a life or death or heaven or hell issue to me, um, the celebration of Advent, whether we do it or not. But it, to me, it's, um, it's associated with um, getting your hearts ready and remembering what the birth of Christ truly means. You know, it's not about... Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of people will say, you know, Christmas is about the birth of Christ and it's because uh, the baby Jesus and everything like that. And I, I say, no, it's actually... Advent is the beginning of Easter to me. You know, like, this is the culmin. This begins the culmination of God's overarching plan. So... Mm. Like with without the nativity, without Advent, we wouldn't have Easter to look forward to. That's true, I guess. I would never think of Advent as the beginning of Easter. I would think of Lent as the beginning well, of Easter. Well, yes, but, but you know you know what I mean. Like without <laughs> without Advent we have n- no Lent. So mm. um it's actually Advent in and of itself is uh, a period of fasting. Um, also known as the Nativity Fast. Um, uh, hmm. Most liturgical uh, traditions uh, fast for 40 days, um, just like Lent. It's a fasting of 40 days. Um, really? So so they, so for you do the same thing for Advent. You're supposed to like pick a thing to fast from. Uh, basically, yeah. They, uh, yeah, they choose a fasting except for Saturdays and Sundays. And it's right. from St. Martin's Day to Epiphany, which is <clears throat> the um, the actual birth of Christ, the day that we celebrate. So usually it's November uh, November 11th to December 25th. That's hmm. that's the fasting period. Um, I didn't know that. And I actually grew up in a liturgical church. So yeah. we did like the, uh, the readings and the lighting of the candle and, you know, all that stuff. But I didn't know anything about f- the fasting through Lent or through Advent. I knew Lent. Yeah. You did that. But yeah, this is, um, this is just like, they say it's like, just like the fast of Lent, it's for Advent. It's pre- preparing your hearts to, um, to prepare for the Advent of Christ, you know, within us, with, uh, with us. Mm. So, that's the whole idea there, and you know, and, and it makes sense when you think about it because the birth of Christ should be—it should not be as important as the death of Christ, but it should be on par with. Because again, like I said, the 
birth of Christ gives makes way for the death of Christ. Without the we without birth we can't have death. So huh, that's interesting too because uh, while the resurrection is an incredible miracle um, that also gives us um, life, eternal life, uh, the birth of Christ was also an incredible miracle um, through you know a virgin bearing uh, Jesus yeah. and you know all that happening. That that was a miracle too. So it's interesting. Um, yeah, you don't really hear much about about Advent and, and its its special purpose. Um, in the church. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. Yeah. So it makes me think, it makes me wonder, um, like the, the church I worked at before I just like, Hey, let's do Advent. And they're like, we don't know what Advent is. And then I'm like, okay. So like they had a whole church tradition built around not Advent, you know, right. like with an absence of Advent. Like I had to go buy the Advent wreath and the candles because they didn't have that. And so I'm sitting here thinking like, Okay, um, so what kind of preparation did you do? Is the preparation important for um, Christ coming or, or whatever? It's just like tradition. And so that is kind of, uh, it's kind of scary. Like um, churches that don't necessarily know anything about Advent, I'm not saying that they have to wear the robes and the colors and all that stuff, but still I would think there needs to be some sort of season of expectancy. Right. You know, I think that's what you're you're saying. Like that's why it's well, same as Lent. Like Lent is the expectancy of Christ's um, death and resurrection, whereas um, Advent is the expectancy of Christ's coming. So and I think probably theologically and historically, um, Advent would mean more to a Jewish Christian than a um than a Gentile Christian. I would agree. Because all, all all in the Jewish law is all about the coming of the Christ, coming of the Christ, coming of the Messiah, coming of the Christ. And so this is like, oh, he's coming in. We get to have him now. You know, he's here with us, God with us, Emmanuel. Whereas um, the Gentiles weren't expecting anything. You know, they were they were like, <laughs> we're just going to keep praying to all 400 gods and hope that one of them pans yeah, out. Exactly. You know I mean? <laughs> and so um, I feel like the Gentiles almost would... Um, be more excited about Lent and, and the resurrection, and the Jewish people would be more excited about Advent. So it makes me wonder if um, maybe that that birth of Christ early on didn't come from Paul. Well, I guess Paul was a Jew, so yeah, I don't know. You know, John I think focused more on the the Jewish um, side and wasn't real keen on the Gentiles. Whereas, of course, the Timothy and all them would have been more on the Gentiles. So I don't know. Just kind of thinking out loud, like um, I wonder if the two movements kind of happened simultaneously. Um, be interesting to know. It'd be interesting to ask somebody who actually knows something about church history yeah. other than me, uh, right? You know, yeah. I mean, that's the that's one of those things where there is definitely um, evidence that points to the possibility of the Jewish. Christians, especially the early Christians, celebrating the Advent because that was the ushering in. I mean, the whole point, if you think about it, I mean, minus the fact that, you know, we needed to, to have the evidence in the books, the gospel. But why did the why did the early why did the four gospel writers painstakingly take the time to write out the birth of Christ if they weren't invested in it even in an early early uh on in the like the 70 AD. Right. Um so I mean that it, like I said it gives there's definitely evidence and lean leanings towards the fact that they did celebrate a time before the you know the celebration but we do know that that Christmas in an, 
the Christmas as in December 25th doesn't really they weren't Christians weren't celebrating the birth of Christ like on December 25th until um uh certain, you know way past you know right. uh 300 or 400 BC or AD so ad yeah i think th- it was uh taken over by some some pagan holiday that they uh, kind of took over when uh, Constantine made uh Christianity the the major um the major religion of Rome, right? right. I think that's yeah. when that all kind of happened. Yeah, so that's where you have to w- that's where the leanings kind of like end is like okay, Advent at this certain time that it is now definitely wasn't um it's interesting though because I think uh, around this season you'll start hearing a lot of those arguments like, well, Christmas isn't on the right time, you know? And right. It's interesting because when I was younger, I'd be like, yeah, this is dumb. Why Why they do that? Why do we do this? But um, you still see leanings of that. Like I think of Halloween. Yeah. So uh, around Halloween this year, I saw a lot of people posting things or I read things about the Christian's response to Halloween and all that stuff. And um, it was interesting because a lot of the people were saying, well, Let's just redeem the day. Let's just celebrate Reformation Day, or let's just, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, and I was like, you guys are the same ones who criticize them for changing Christmas and, and Easter or whatever around these pagan holidays. But you're doing the same thing. You're redeeming the day. I think that's what they were trying right. to do. Was they were just trying to redeem the the evil day around them and trying to put a good day on top of it. But um, you know, I I don't know. That's kind of a bunny trail. But I was just thinking about that as we start to hear about all that stuff happening. I think, hey, leave Constantine alone. Okay. Right. Constantine was doing the best he did. He wasn't even very Christian, okay? He was mostly a political yeah. move for his mother. But other than that, just leave him alone, okay? Yeah. So, I <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if without Constantine, a lot of Christianity would be not in existence today. I'm not, I'm not citing Constantine for helping or for spreading the gospel, but he did help... Um, free up Christians to go into the the rest of the world to preach. It definitely helped us he definitely helped establish organizational Christianity, yes. which I get to go on a tangent that that might not be the greatest <laughs> thing, might actually be the worst thing that happened to Christianity, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> well, well yeah, you're right, we'll see. But um speaking going back into the advent, um when it comes to uh who celebrates the uh the, the advent um, now that we know that we we don't really know who started it, but we do kind of know we do know now who celebrates or who um, not celebrates but observes Advent, and that's most um, high liturgical churches have it on their um, calendars. Um, you know the Roman Catholic Church, of course, but then Anglicans, Lutherans, Mor- Moravians, Presbyterians, and Methodists all. Methodists. Yeah, and all subsequent denominations that stem from those lines is in the Protestant world. Um, when I think of Methodist, especially, I think of, you know, Wesleyan, Nazarenes, um, and mm. the holiness movement that spread spread out of that. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, you don't see very many um, charismatic churches either. You know, the, uh, the Pentecostal movements not necessarily in on the advent calendar or the advent wreath especially um not that mm. you don't see some churches that are um pentecostal in in um 
in name that d- don't represent it, but they do. There are there are like a, there are examples in all, and there's always exceptions to the rules and everything like that. But mainly, yeah. it's high church, high liturgical churches that um, celebrate the Christian in year in general. Most of those uh, yeah. charismatic churches don't celebrate the or remember the the Christian year just same as like Baptist churches they don't um, remember the Christian year a lot of times Um, and I'm not sure why that is I I honestly have never really gotten a good answer to that Um, I am always surprised when I run into those churches and they don't know anything about the liturgical year or um, you know all the these celebrations I don't know whether through the years they've that's kind of how they've distanced themselves from um, like what they would say liturgy you know what I mean like Oh, well, you know, we don't do that liturgy stuff. You know, our, our faith is not wrote down. It's, you know, it's living and active, you know, that's kind of like the argument I think. Right. And, um, so I think that's what keeps them from that. So, um, and it's, see, in in my opinion, I'm, I'm not bashing any Pentecostal churches or, you know, Baptist churches by any means, but in my opinion, like I used to be the same way, that mindset of like, well, I don't, I don't observe the church calendar because I want to be um, in the spirit of in that moment, I don't want to be um, scheduled down or anything like that. But the more and more I look at the the Christian calendar, especially um, in regards to Advent, Lent, these major holidays, it's amazing to realize that what you're celebrating or what you're observing in that moment, thousands upon thousands of years have gone by where people have observed that, um, and. Um, millions of people are observing it at the same time so you're all in one accord and it kind of gives you some in my I've always throughout my entire life I've always felt like wanting to belong to something bigger than who you know yourself bigger than myself but bigger than my local congregation even and um, that's what the church calendar in my opinion the church calendar helps immensely because you know when you're reading something that has to do with the church calendar year, that there are thousands, if not millions others that are reading the same thing or observing the same thing at that same moment, that same day. So I've actually sensed like a freedom to um, worship God as a whole through the church calendar. So, um, I guess my thing would be to don't don't just shove it off as oh that's you know liturgy or that's yeah. uh, you know something that that would be my thing is like engaging those things always asking questions learning something because one thing that I, when I was in college that I was taught very well is like certain traditions within the Catholic Church are actually really good even though we may not you know follow the Catholic Church, all of their their goings on, going on, you know, what whatever they're doing, what they are doing, in some instances, have historical um, prevalence and probably should at least be known by Protestants because they do have meaning, and that meaning is good as long as it's taken at what it what it was meant for not what it has turned into yeah i think that's the problem i mean i think that one of the questions is like what is the purpose of advent 
um, I, I think you have to keep falling back to that because probably most people, the problem they have with it is that it's like, it's like, why, you know what I mean? Why do this? It's kind of lost its, um, meaning probably to them. It hasn't been taught well, probably the keeper of the history has, uh, probably um, fallen asleep on the job. And, uh, that was one thing, like I grew up in a liturgical church and doing all of these things and, um, really had no idea, you know, we, every Christmas Eve, there's a candlelight service that happens, um, until midnight and you kind of, um, you ring in the Christmas day with, um, all of the church, you know, and that's kind of a Catholic thing. People tell me, I didn't realize that cause I grew up in a liturgical church. I thought it was just what everybody did. And, um, you, you know, nobody told me what it meant. So when I went to college and I actually studied my bachelor's, my undergrad was in Christian worship. I learned about all of these liturgical days and what it meant and where it came from and, and stuff like that. And that's when it really started to mean a lot to me and the symbolism meant a lot to me and, um, how the church, um, came together as a body and, um, you know, became the church and symbolizing what Christ has done through their actions. And, um, so that's really kind of what shaped me because somebody who was a good keeper of the history of Advent, um, told me what it meant and taught me what each of the candles meant and and why we use those. So it's kind of interesting, um, that it should be a lesson for all of us, actually, that if we don't keep the record uh, and the history of the church alive, if we just say, oh, that's just old stuff, whatever, let's just move on to what's new, um, there could be some really serious consequences um, down the line. And some of those consequences are minor ones like loss of tradition, which tradition isn't the most important thing. But um, the the second is a connection with God. Um, I would argue very strongly that um, God helps us understand him through tangible things things we touch, um, things we can see. I'm actually taking a church history class right now as as I speak. And so one of the things in studying church history is understanding the sacraments uh, and what they've looked like, whether it's the seven sacraments of the early church, the Catholic church, and then after the Reformation down to just the two. But <clears throat> both sides, Catholic and Protestant, recognize communion as one of the sacraments, right? And so um, the they all agree that... Um, whether you're Catholic and you believe in transubstantiation where the body, the blood and the body are actually the bread and the, the wine or the, <clears throat> the juice, or you're just a Protestant and you believe that it's just a symbol of that. Everybody agrees on this, that God very specifically chose bread and wine or juice. And, um, because humans, we are very tangible. We need to touch things. We need to taste things. We need to spell, smell things. We need to feel things right. for us to understand and experience um, life. And so God in the flesh as Jesus said, um, I need to do this. When I say this is my body broken for you so that they understand um, it and they can connect with me through that. So I think the Christian year and Advent, although people say, well, that's just a man-made thing. Yeah, you're right. It is a man-made thing. But it is a man-made thing that helps people connect to God through a tangible, tangible means. And so, um, I think that's where you really have to be careful if you're a pastor or you're a Christian and you're influencing others and you, um, are saying things like that, that we don't need to do that because it's just man-made and it's, you know, um, you might be actually harming somebody's ability to connect with God. Um, and I don't know if that's something that you want held over your head when you meet God. 
right? Right, right. I don't think I would want anything to um, be used against me. I don't want any <clears throat> form of evidence that could say, hey, you know, you said this and several people didn't get to do what you what I wanted them to do because of what you did. So that, I mean, that's one of those things where I don't, that's, I personally don't want to be told at the end of, at the end of my life, at the, you know, beginning of eternity, hey, you have to live with this for all of eternity that these people didn't make it because of something you said. That's a very scary um, concept when you think about it. Like, that's how responsible um, preachers and pastors are. Um, They are going to be definitely held, um, to a higher standard, especially um, in those instances. And so um, the, I guess we already entered into it. So the purpose of Advent really is and has been um, a way for us to um, prepare our hearts and minds to celebrate the birth of Christ. Um and a lot of people would probably say, well, why do we have to prepare our hearts to celebrate Christ? Shouldn't we be celebrating Christ on a daily basis? And I would say, yes, we should be celebrating Christ's birth and his, then ultimately his death and resurrection all every day, remembering that. But the, the idea here is, is that we're preparing our hearts um, in ways, in tangible ways, like Ryan said, where, you know, the first... Um, Excuse me. The first uh, week of Advent is, you know, expectation and hope. You know, like this is, you know, putting your mind into an actual, um, a, a remembrance of what it was like before Christ came to earth. You know, the people, the Jews at the time especially, were expecting, you know, um, they were always hopeful that the Messiah would become. And this is the beginning. This this Advent season is help, to help us focus in and remember that we have Christ always, but there were there was a time when Christ hadn't come yet. And this is a way for us to experience that with the early um with the, the people that came before Christ. You know, they were always expecting, always hoping for the Messiah to come. Now, it's hard for us to to think about that now because we have Christ right now with us. We have the Holy Spirit um, who Christ sent after him. So, you know, that's one of those things where um, we will never get, we will, I don't say get, we will never have to experience life without Christ and the Holy Spirit to guide us because of because of Advent, right? Because of um, the birth of Christ, so that's where those that's where Advent really begins is helping us to um, put our mind into that um, that that mode where remembering that there were there was a time when people didn't get to experience Jesus like we get to experience Jesus today. Yeah. And so that's, I to me, that's what the purpose of Advent is, ultimately, is for us to be able to um, know, or at least try to put ourselves in the shoes, and that way we'll be able to um, relish what we have now even more, because 
what we have some millions of people didn't have. Right. <clears throat> and so I, I guess that's, you know, and that, and in my opinion, that's what the purpose of it's, it's not only a tangible thing, but it's also a, a way to get our hearts to be more compassionate about. I mean, when you, when you look at the, when you read the old Testament through the eyes of new Testament teachings, things make sense. But then you also have to, because we have the answers to the questions that were given in the Old Testament. Whereas when you put yourself in the mindset of a person from the Old Testament, you realize that sometimes, like especially when it comes to the Israelites falling from grace time after time after time, when you realize that they didn't have the Holy Spirit or Jesus there guiding them on a daily basis. All they had was the sight of God on a mountain. Yeah, It changes your mindset when you l- read the Old Testament. You're like, okay, they didn't have Jesus like I have Jesus now, so I'm going to be lenient on them. Plus, I'm also reading this from, you know, the, you know, the past is always, hindsight is always 2020, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you have to remember that. So the, the idea there is the Advent helps us put ourselves in that mindset of the Jew who didn't have Messiah. Yeah. Completely agree. That's uh that's hard because uh we're we're Monday morning quarterbacks, you know, armchair <laughs> quarterbacks. So it's easy for us to look back on that and see. But. Oh, well there is the clock tower. Looks like we are uh we are out of time for our, our main discussion we need to wrap it up with our final thoughts so uh steven as always we'll let you go first all right and um tell us kind of give us your idea about advent and uh, maybe summarize it to a nice neat little uh christmas bow package all right well um advent um is very important to me um it not only is it a tradition in my family but to to be completely honest it really helps now hone in my um, cynical uh, um, viewpoint of the Christmas season, how culture has kind of taken this um, celebration of Christ's birth and turned it into a commercial holiday. So Advent, to me, has really brought the idea of Advent and Christmas to more of a religious and I hate using re- that term religious, but bringing it back. <laughs> you use the R yeah. word. But bringing, <laughs> yeah. but bringing it back to something of value, not something that is a thing or something that's um, not eternal. So Advent has really um, honed in my view of the important things. And so that's why Advent is so important to me. Um, like I said, it, it the purpose of it is to get my mindset to remember that what I have, not everybody has. And wouldn't it be great if everybody has that experience with Christ that I have? And so um, really, that's that's what Advent to me is, is it's preparing my, hearts, my heart to understand 
but not only understand, but to appreciate what I have now in light of what I know some people don't, never had. And so that's what Advent is to me, is that. So um, if you want, you can um, check me out on stoneswillcry.com and of course always elephantpew.com has my up-to-date information, any um, posts that we have for the podcast or anything like that goes on elephantpew.com and like Ryan said in the intro all of the pictures if you ever want to see a picture of us um will will be on elephantpew.com Ryan thanks Steve well as we sit down I prepared a 20 or 30 minute sermon for my closing thoughts um really I want to re-articulate what I said earlier because I think it's important, and honestly, I think it's why um, I connect with the liturgical year so much. Um, I think we as humans, I don't think, I know we as humans have, we don't understand things we can't see. That's why people have such a hard time with God in the first place, because they don't see him. That means that he must not be real or something like that. But we are given these things called sacraments that are blessings to us because um, they're tangible. And they're uh, tangible expressions of a realm that we can't see, that we feel and we know is there, but we can't see. And to be real honest, um, we can't prove it necessarily either because of the whole pesky faith situation. So um, these sacraments, such as baptism and communion, are physical things that we can touch and do and feel to um, connect with our creator, the God who made us, who loves us, who came to be on the earth to die die for, with us, die for us. Um, Jesus himself came to be a tangible thing, right? He came to be with us. Um, he came to touch us. He came to eat with us. He came to smell us, as weird as that sounds. He came to um, be with us and uh, be a part of us and to experience us and vice versa we could experience him so um there's something god knows about this tangible thing and so i i don't believe that advent and lent and all of this liturgical year stuff was created by god but i do know it was created by people who love god very much and created for uh by people who love um jesus's followers very much so that they could connect with jesus so in that, uh, my critical spirit kind of melts away from it because I think it was made, um, created out of love and uh, respect for God and for God's people. So that's got to be a good thing for us. So in Advent, we're, giving, we're given a tangible way to connect with our Creator, um, to take four weeks ahead of Christmas and um, focus on his qualities and his characteristics focus on who uh, he is and who he wants us to know he is. And so Advent does that for us. It creates that space. You know, sometimes you need to pray and sometimes you need to pray real bad, but you need a quiet room. That movie war room came out. Um, but I don't know if you've ever felt that urgency to pray and you need a space to pray, but there's not that space to pray. And it just feels, um, it feels bad. It feels ucky. Um, and Advent gives us that space. So we all feel leading up to Christmas uh, that we need to have that space to reflect on what Christ came to do through Mary to uh, be born and be with us and be among us. 
And we have to have these markers as humans. We have to. If we don't have these markers, we lose sight of it. Think about birthdays. When you stop like celebrating your birthday, having like a party and presents and cake and candles and all that, um, they just kind of go by and you start to lose track of, you know, am I 30? Am I 31? Am I 40? You know, like what, what is, what is it? Cause there, we need markers as humans. And so I specifically as somebody who I don't really like my birthday. And so I try to get away with as, um, little fuss about it as possible, but then they all start running together if you don't mark them. And that's why I think as humans, these markers are really important. That's why Advent's important. That's why Lent's important. I think just like our birthday, we need to light some candles and eat some cake and make a milestone and say, hey, this happened and this is where we're at and this is me creating space to remember that. So all that to say this, Advent is important and it might not feel important, especially if you grew up in a Baptist church or a church that maybe didn't emphasize the importance of the liturgical year, but the space is important. And um, you might not need to celebrate it by lighting of candles and reading of um, readings every week, but you need to create space in the month before Christmas. The space that gives you time to reflect on who Christ is and just why he came to be with us. And if you um, have already got all those questions answered and figured out about who Jesus is and and why he came to be with us, and, and how that works, and uh, all that. If you've already got all those answers figured out, then you should probably be writing books yourself, because um, probably only you and the Trinity have all that figured out, because it is a mystery why Christ would want to come and be with us when we had nothing to offer him. So um, it's important. Advent's important, and um, that space is most important, the space for you to be with God and to work out those questions and answers with him and to uh, ultimately draw near to him when you realize that you don't have the answers. So that's my opinion. You can find me um, at elephantpew.com, of course, but also Shouting Into the Wild, my personal blog and um, podcast. That's me, Ryan Ramsey, at Shouting Into the Wild. So uh, I think that's it for me, Stephen. Um, Go ahead. Thanks to all of our subscribers and listeners who chose to listen to us today. We're so humbled you decided to to allow us to be a part of your day whenever it was that you chose to listen. You guys really are the best audience podcast could ask for. This episode was brought to you by ElephantPew.com, so don't forget to check that out. Really, we try to put as much information on the the website. Um, Hopefully, here starting... um, You've already listened to it on our channel, but um, we're, we're actually putting out an Advent special um, where each Sunday of Advent will have a um, one to two minute uh, audio blurb about the holi- about that Sunday and what the and verse and reading towards that. So um, check that out coming out. Hopefully it'll have already come out, and then you'll be able to uh, listen to any and all of those coming up. Don't forget to uh, subscribe and rate on iTunes. Rate and review. It's important for you to do that for us. If you could do that for us, give us a good rating and a good review, and get the word out that we're on Google, we're on iTunes and Google Play. Um, that's a new store on Google Play, and so check that out and get on Google Play and see us. There's also we're on um, Blueberry and a bunch of others. You can find us pretty much on every podcast outlet. Or just go straight to the webpage, elephantpew.com, and see uh, our blog there. 
and links to both of our individual blogs. And I think we have gotten a full new treatment on all of our websites and on elephantview.com. So they're all fresh and updated and they look good on both on computers and on uh, devices. So thank you so much for joining us today. We have missed you guys and we are glad to be back. Season two, Elephant in the Pew. Uh, we're going to go... Um, all eight seconds on this bull. So uh, <laughs> uh, I just want to say thanks, and we're glad to be back. I'm Ryan Ramsey. And I'm Stephen Witten. And until next time, have a wonderful week, and God bless.